Welcome to the chat. My guest today is State Senator Paul Bailey. I'm the host, Michael Detweiler. Senator Bailey, thank you for being on the show. Well, Michael, thank you very much for asking me. I know you've had this show for quite some time, and uh, I know a lot of my friends have been on the show, and so thank you for asking me. Absolutely. Happy to have you. So, tell us the Paul Bailey story. Where did Paul Bailey grow up? Where did he go to school? How did you decide to do what you're doing? Well, let's say that Paul Bailey grew up in White County, Tennessee, went to White County High School, uh, graduated and attended Tennessee Tech, began uh, CB trucking in 1986 with my dad. My, my, I'm a third generation trucker and uh, got the fourth generation working in the business today. And then fast forward, decided that I wanted to uh, venture out into politics, and here I am today, a state senator. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and so you've actually driven a truck, unlike oh, maybe wow. some others who have claimed they've driven trucks. Uh, yeah, exactly. I heard someone say this week that they had driven a Mack truck, and I'm trying to figure out where Joe, I mean, where uh, President Biden had driven a Mack truck at. But, yes, sir. but nevertheless, Yes, I my dad taught me how to drive a truck when when I was about 11 or 12 years old. I would sit in his lap and he would change the gears. My feet would just barely reach the pedals at that point in time, but mm-hmm. uh, he uh his famous words to me, he said, "Son, I don't necessarily want you to be a truck driver, but I'm going to teach you how to drive a truck." And he said, "You'll never be without a job." If you learn to drive a truck and take care of a person's equipment and keep it clean on the inside. And that's something that stuck with me the rest of my life, even today. And so at the age of 18, graduating high school, you could actually drive an 18 wheeler with a what was called a special chauffeur's license from the state of Tennessee. And I went cross country my um, summer of my graduating high school year making money so that I could uh, go to Tennessee Tech in the fall. So wow. it was uh, it was quite an experience. Uh, I actually continued to drive off and on for several years later. Occasionally, the uh, they asked me to do uh, real quick trips down to Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga in the trucks, and I can still do that. A lot of people are amazed that I can drive. That's neat. A big truck. That's you know. neat. So of course, that, I think some people are amazed that I can drive a car, but yeah. Well, I mean, you are kind of <laughs> limited with your hands and arms, but we'll we'll talk about that later. So you saw yourself as somebody as you got out of school who wanted to be an entrepreneur, and you decided to pursue the trucking business. Exactly. So uh, again, as I mentioned, my granddad had been in uh, been a truck truck driver, truck owner. Uh, before there was an interstate system in the state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my dad has two uh, brothers, and my granddad had taught all three of his sons how to drive a truck. And so my dad's youngest brother and 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 him being my dad, they had continued their life of, of driving a truck and being in the trucking industry. And so 1986 rolls around, and there was an opportunity for us to uh, buy a couple of trucks and four trailers from a uh, company here in Cookville. They gave us a contract. Uh, My dad said, hey, this is an opportunity for us to uh, get in the business and get started. 
And so um, we purchased them and, and went to, in business July 1st of 1986. Wow. As uh, Charles Bailey Trucking, uh, which we also are known as CB Trucking. And from there, we've uh, we've grown steadily. That's fantastic. And so are, are you all as a company today, are you seeing the challenges of uh, hiring and keeping enough drivers for the freight that you're hauling? Oh, absolutely. So... The average age of the American trucker is uh, is is somewhere around uh, sixty years old. Mercy, and so we're seeing a lot of our baby boomers uh, retiring mm-hmm. because of their age, and so there's already a great driver shortage all across the nation, just not in Tennessee and not here in our area, but just all across the nation. Mm-hmm. And so as these baby boomers retire it's going to leave even a bigger void so all of um, all the trucking companies are competing for um, pretty much the same driver pool yes and so drivers today it goes back to what my dad told me whenever i was a, a young man mm-hmm. you know i'm going to teach you how to drive a truck and you can always have a job that's and right those words are never truer than today that's right i was in a company this week and they were telling me about losing in the past couple months 10 drivers to a competitor who basically paid more. Yeah. And then they lost another driver to another competitor because that competitor pursued their driver at right. a stop and gave them a card and said, hey, if you're interested, we're interested in you. I mean, they're going to all sorts of lengths to yeah. recruit drivers. And and I know who that person is because I got a phone call uh, from that very same person asking, how do you go about filling yes. uh, 10 empty trucks? Right. And so we had a, a very good conversation regarding that. And yeah. uh, it, it is just tough right now. I'm, you know, truck drivers can, it's limitless on the amount of money that a truck driver can make, especially from the sign-on bonuses to the to the mileage bonuses that they receive and, and including their regular base pay that they mm. make. So, uh, trucking is, um, and trucking is a tough job, but, it uh, it is, uh, a job today that, that, uh, you can, you can make a very good living. And the fact is you don't have to have a college education and you don't have to have a high school diploma, uh, to be able to, uh, make uh, 60, 70, 80,000, 100,000 dollars a year driving mm-hmm. a truck. You just have to be willing to make that commitment to be away from home during right. the week. Right. And that's the commitment that some just aren't willing to do. Um do you um do you see issues with the the fact that you know, you start driving a truck at eight, at 18. Mm-hmm. The fact that that can't be done now, do you think we lose them oh, between absolutely. 18 and 21? Sure. we, And that has been a conversation that we have been having uh, with Department of Safety in Tennessee. Uh, and we've also been having that with our federal um, legislators, that we've got to change that. We've got to create an apprentice program yes. for those that are leaving high school between that uh, around that age of 18 to 19 to 20 year olds to get them in the trucking industry because we're losing so many drivers mm-hmm. uh, because they've already chosen a career path by the time they're 21. And so trucking is definitely foreign to them if they're not involved by the time they're 18 years old. You're listening to State Senator Paul Bailey. The show is the chat and we'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the chat. My guest today, Senator Paul Bailey. When we were going to the break, we were talking about his years in the trucking business. And actually, Senator Paul Bailey knows how to drive a truck himself. It's like a bicycle. Absolutely. Never forgotten how to do it. And you might actually see him out on the road making runs when uh, when, when Senate is not in (laughs) session. So so, uh, talk about the fact that you are actually, you sit on the Senate Transportation Committee. Is that correct? Transportation and Safety Transportation and Safety Committee. So I guess your experience in, in the trucking business lends well to being on that committee? Well, I think so. And I think the uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor thought uh, the very same thing when he appointed me to that committee. And then a couple of years later, he actually appointed me to chair the Transportation and Safety Committee. So uh, he felt like that my years of experience of being in the trucking business, that uh, it would lend uh, a little bit of knowledge to uh, to the transportation um, portion because we're dealing with um, Department of Transportation, Department of Transportation, which is all things um, um, transport, I guess sure. you would say, sure. uh, from from uh, roads to uh, bridges to railroad and and also even to uh, barge traffic sure, on a river. So sure. everything is is through the uh, Department of Transportation. So it was a great learning experience, and uh, there were several uh, issues that that uh, come up from time to time that I'm able to weigh in and and give my opinion uh, from an industry perspective. Sure. Absolutely. I think that's good. Is there anything with the state Senate that, you know, as you've run, of course, obviously you you ran for state Senate when it wasn't a popular thing to do as a Republican. Right. 2002. And, yes. And, and, and so you've uh, you've you've kind of thought about, hey, you know, I want to serve and everything else. Mm-hmm. Is it different now than what you thought it would be? I think the time commitment. Yes. I don't think people realize the time commitment being a part-time legislator sure. uh, that it requires. and, and It's so, kind of an oxymoron to be a part-time legislator. It, I've had the same conversation with State Representative Ryan Williams. A- absolutely. And, and I was just thinking about Ryan whenever I said that because he and I frequently have this talk that, you know, it's, it's a full-time job being a part-time legislator. If you want to be effective. Right. You know. And yeah, you, yes. You can You can do it part-time, but, you right. know, how effective are you going to be? Exactly. So, and and trying to meet the needs of your constituents and, and attend meetings uh, when when you're invited to attend meetings. So, I mean, it's, uh, it is a huge uh, time commitment, but, you know, you, I usually tell folks that I create time silos and, and I, I set aside time every day for my business mm-hmm. set time set aside time for uh, my legislative duties and then i set aside time for family and and extracurricular activities that i may sure. have so i usually talk about three different silos of, of time, time that, that, that i do that i do each and every day so does it um is it who's running bailey trucking say if you're in session and having to be in nashville is well as, as i mentioned earlier i have the fourth generation yes. working my older son jordan and my daughter Corey are both in the business my wife amy has worked in the trucking um company for uh gosh soon to be 20 years believe wow. it or not yeah and wow. so 
She's our uh, chief financial officer. Okay. So uh, between the three of them, and as well as employees that I've uh, that have worked with us for uh, twenty plus years, they're able to keep uh, keep the trucking company moving and keep things uh, uh, in in order while I'm while I'm in Nashville uh, working for the people of Fifteenth District. That's fantastic. And so, you planning on seeking office again? I think so. I, I'm my my intent is to to uh, run for reelection next okay. year in twenty twenty two, and so. Uh, as we as we move forward, I have uh, I enjoy my time. There's always challenges, but you know there's challenges in anything that sure you there do. Is. So, um, but yes, it's um, it's something that I feel like that I can still make a contribution to uh, to the people of Tennessee. And as long as they feel like that, uh, I'm able to um, help them here in the in the Upper Cumberland, then then certainly I want to continue to to be their senator. Sure, absolutely. Um, anything stand out on past session that um, people may or may not know that you want to share? That's a wide open question. I'm sorry. Well, uh, you know, there's always things during session that um, that the general public doesn't always understand sure and a lot of times there's legislation that that um, members introduce that grab headlines of course it's never that that they plan on passing that legislation but it's it's legislation that um, uh, grabs newspaper headlines grabs uh, uh, social media as well as uh, television and so they get you know, their 15 minutes of, of fame for that particular piece of legislation. And they, what people don't realize is that that creates a lot of uh, emails into my office and other legislators' office, as well as phone calls where people are opposing that or sometimes even supporting it. But, sure. But more times, um, some of those headlines are, are people that 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 people are making um uh, you have more opposition so it it takes up staff time as well as my time to have to respond to those um concerns that citizens sure. have regarding the headline of that right, day the headline of the day yeah. sure so, so believe it or not we had uh, that same issue on the federal level yeah, i'm sure that shocks you right yeah exactly <laughs> and, and and i mean you guys, uh, when you when you worked on the federal level, I mean, it's it's an everyday headline for someone to it come is. out in Washington to um, to um, try to have their minute before the sure. cameras every day. Absolutely, but I think that's one thing that I would say to to people that you know when 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 they hear about legislation, especially if it's something that sounds controversial, a lot of times it it. It never moves forward. It's, it's just a headline grabber. It is. It is. It kind of soaks up that day, and then it kind of disappears. Right. You know, and you'll have the telephone calls. We dealt with much of the same where she needs to come out and oppose, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, it's, it's going to disappear. You know, if it's still if it's still here tomorrow, give give me a call back. And typically, we wouldn't get a call back because that headline had fallen off fallen the off. cycle. Yeah, so. exactly. You're listening to Paul Bailey on the chat. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the chat. My guest today, State Senator Paul Bailey. Uh, Senator Bailey, we were talking about, you know, Transportation Committee, obviously being, you know, in the trucking business. That's near and dear to your heart. Um, I also understand you chair Commerce and Labor. Tell me what the oversight or purview of Commerce and Labor is. Well, it's a very, very diverse committee. Uh, it's, it's a committee that we have oversight of the Department of Commerce and Insurance. Right. So everything commerce, everything insurance in the state. Uh, Department of Labor. Mm. Uh, so wow. uh, especially with the unemployment. Sure. Uh, and believe me, I have uh, hammered our commissioner of Department of Labor over the unemployment issues mm-hmm. that we've had during uh, last year's pandemic. Also, uh, workers' comp. Uh, workers' comp fall, falls under Department of Labor. Mm-hmm. Financial institutions, which are, are banks, sure, uh, we have uh, purview over and oversight over financial um, the Department of uh, Financial Institution. Public utilities, uh, your water districts, your gas um, gas companies, uh, as any any utility company that also falls under the purview. Department of Economic and Community Development. Yes, uh, that's you know the that's the sales department for the state of it Tennessee, is. and so uh, we have oversight and work with the Department of Commerce. Um, My uh, mom and sister were in ECD. My mom was there when it was a planning department, mm-hmm. and then my sister was there when it was dis- when it was dissolved mm-hmm. and rebirthed. And so she was one that lost her job when it was rebirthed into what it is today. So. And and so and and listen, that has uh, that has become so important. And you know, there's less than 100 employees in the uh, uh, in, in that Department of uh, Economic Community Development, but yet they do such an important job they for do. the state of Tennessee. They sure do. Uh, and then also we have oversight of TenCare, which is our Medicaid program in the state of Tennessee. So it's. Uh, that's uh, that's the largest. That's one third of our state's budget is is ten care, and so we have oversight of uh, of ten care. So it's you know one minute uh, I'm in a meeting talking about ten care. Yes. The next minute I'm in a meeting talking about uh, telephone companies sure. and utility companies. The next minute I'm in a meeting uh, with nurses and doctors, sure. and so and bankers, and, and, and then the yes. next meeting I'm in, and the next time I'm in a meeting with bankers. So sure. you, you you wear lots of different hats as far as uh, chairing commerce and and do you labor. like that? I mean, oh. is that one that just that's that you love doing? Oh yeah, I mean because again, trucking being in the trucking business, that's commerce. It is also we are. Uh, you have a, a labor pool there, so I certainly understand the labor side, the work comp side. Yes, you do. I also understand the insurance side as far as uh, liability, physical damage. Uh, I mentioned workers' comp, cargo, general liability. All of those things fall under uh, fall under the uh, the committee. So having a, a knowledge of, of all that for the years that I've been in business, I think, has, has paid um, – dividends uh, for to me mm-hmm. having some knowledge uh, in dealing with issues that come before those various committees uh, or vote various departments through our committee it seems like you know again we went through the pandemic 20 2020 you know 2021 
you know, it affected, mm-hmm. you know, it affected your business. Right. It, it, it affected a lot of businesses. Um, obviously, we're seeing, you know, an uptick in this variant and there's things we don't mm-hmm. know and everything else. Do you think that's going to take up time in the legislative session as we move towards the first of the year? Do you think that's going to be? Well, of, of course, we will not go back into session until January. And so we're it's uh, a long way away. It, it's, it's a long it way. Is. It, it is a long way away. I think a lot of it has to do with what happens on the federal level. Sure as to whether or not Tennessee will actually have to act. Uh, I know in the last um, several days, uh, the federal government has started wanting to push uh, uh, mask mandates, vaccine mandates. The state of Tennessee has come out and said that we're not going yeah, to make it mandatory it. for uh, for people to have to be vaccinated. Myself, I think it's a personal choice. I I'm do, too. Ab- I'm absolutely not opposed to anyone getting the vaccine. Right, of course. I think that you need to visit with your health care provider. And if your health care provider believes and counsels you that you should get the COVID vaccine, then by all means, I think you should do it. Yes. Uh, I would never tell anyone not to take the vaccine. But I do think it's a personal choice. It is. And so uh, in Tennessee, uh, the legislature is saying as much is that it is your choice. Right. And that's one good thing about being in living in Tennessee. And that's the reason we see so many people moving to Tennessee is because we have tried to remove so many regulations and we've tried to allow you to live in freedom. I think a lot of as far as the legislature having to deal with anything, it's going to depend on what Washington tries sure, to push our way. Sure, what they try and do. Yeah, um, we were we got the opportunity. My father in law took us to Hawaii as a family. It was for my mother or for my in laws' fiftieth wedding anniversary. Unfortunately, she passed in December uh, before their fiftieth wedding anniversary in May. But we flew mm-hmm. to Hawaii. Obviously, you can't drive there, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. Um, Flying into LAX and seeing uh, one place to eat in an entire concourse and all the stores, FAO Schwartz, the toy, famous toy store, mm-hmm. closed. Right. It just, it was literally like a third world country. You had to stand in these long, long lines just to get a bite to eat. You can imagine flying from nashville to chicago to los angeles right. and eventually you're flying to out to hawaii you're hungry right you know the airlines didn't serve food mm-hmm. it just you know it was a mess i tell you what's been amazing especially during session being in nashville and maybe go downtown and and go into restaurants and, and you meet tourists there well, where where are you from yes california yes we wanted to come to tennessee because we're we've been in lockdown right and we're still in lockdown we just wanted to come someplace to where we could go out and have dinner yes and and where we could just uh feel like we could have some freedom and not be confined and so i think that there's been a lot of californians that have come to tennessee and especially nashville just to experience freedom isn't that something, though? And we welcome them. We, we, we welcome, uh, what do we call it, OPM, other people's money, into our tax base, you know? <laughs> well, we welcome them. A- absolutely, because Tennessee, uh, our, our revenue source is uh, tourism, it is tourism it is. And, and those tax dollars. And so, you know, those people that come from these other states are paying for 
the amenities that you yes. and I and other Tennesseans enjoy. That's right. Senator Paul Bailey, thank you for being on the show today. You bet. I am so glad that you asked me, and it's always a pleasure to be with yes, you. Yes, sir. Good to see you. Folks, that's the chat. I'm Michael Detweiler. Have a great day.